And we're on. All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> I went back. A special episode of Last Four Podcast. My name's Jamal. I'm joined 29 and a half kilometers away. Matthew Allen. Thank you, very, thank you, thank you very much, podcast icon Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, who, I, are, who I'm currently seeing, is going to play on Matthew Lloyd. That's going to end well. Oh yeah, actually no. Okay, so just for the listener, we we wanted to do this in person, but Dan had other ideas. So basically, we're doing a line in the sand watch along slash live call. Kinda. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Similar to what Fox Footy did last year for a good portion with David King and the like, just with more alcohol and, in the case of Kingy, more analysis. Yes. Uh, oh, mate. <laughs> oh, Nathan Thompson. Lance Picky. Sean Wellman. Lance Picky. Good grief. And fucking trampoline chest, Nathan Thompson. It's going to, I, I have a feeling. It might be a rough game for Hawthorne. Look, I think it'll be close and played out fairly between the two sides. You'd imagine uh, as two <laughs> two esteemed clubs of the uh, of the league that no nefarious activity. No. Essen and Hawthorne have famously always got on well over the years. Also, I miss that Hawthorne logo, by the way. Yeah, that's it's true. And the oh, ball has when- been bounced. When the uh, s- center circle was only just the inside circle. Yeah. Run from as far back as you want. Richie Vandenberg's already taken a swing. He's not happy. Already. Good grief. Oh, umpire Justin Schmidt. No, no, no. Darren Goldsfig. Umpire Darren Goldsfig. That's what we're here for. Oh, oh Jason Johnson's getting in there, as is Mark Johnson. God, Dean Solomon is just... Good grief. <laughs> All right. So while we're doing the watch along, we figured we just intersperse some uh, relevant football because otherwise, boy, is it going to be a hard listen for podcast <laughs> listeners. This podcast might be the, listener. This might be the first episode that ends up on YouTube. Yeah, this is the first podcast that comes with a, a video accompaniment. Somehow. <laughs> Adam McPhee. Oh, there's Maddie Allen. Into is that Rioli? Dino Rioli, the best Rioli. Ah, oh, tell that to Morris there's and a, not the senior, junior. There's a considerable amount of long sleeves in the Essendon lineup today. What do you make of that? I, I'd argue it probably helped them win the game. Spoilers, I haven't seen this yet. <laughs> so we got Heard and oh, John Barker. Good. A young Luke Hodge. A fat Luke Hodge. Oh, my goodness. Just saw an umpire with a notebook. You don't see that too often anymore. What do they write on? Do they write on anything nowadays? Yeah, they still have them. They just never report anybody because what's the point? Yeah, because we've got old mate uh, Chris O. Matt Stevick got body slammed by Toby Green and didn't even report him. (laughs) That Joel Smith. Ooh. I used to love Joel Smith. This this Hawthorne team is like the first Hawthorne team that I remember. Because like 
Jonathan Hay wasn't playing this game, but he was on the squad. Was Tom Murphy on the list? Tom Murphy wasn't drafted yet. This was oh. so. This is this is 2004. Yeah. This is. Oh, geez, pre- Matthew Allen started on the wing. This Look how big the, the ruck run-ups are. Pre Franklin, Roughhead Lewis, and more importantly, pre Tom Murphy. Mm, in that order. In that order. But well, that reverse order. Yeah. As as the save the best to last. Ah, oh, Nick Reese. Because, like, yeah, we were talking... I was talking about this last week about how Hawthorne's midfield lineup a couple of games ago was, like, one of the worst I've ever seen is since, like, literally this era, era of, like, Nick Reese, Joel Smith, and Raiden Tallis. Raiden Tallis? Raiden Tallis. You've made that name up. Huh? Logan I- Honeychurch style. <laughs> Olden Vandenberg style. Speaking of Vandenberg, was Croft playing this game? Uh, Croft was not I playing this game. No, no, he was not. No, Suspended or injured or... He was probably planning his grand final speech. What, he, he needed four years to come up with five words? Yes. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. <Actually. laughs> just, you know, the way he, he was just standing in his mirror, delivering it different every single time. Trying to figure out how to how he's going to swing the arm. Oh, uh, Danny Jacobs, podcast hero. And actually, Essendon and Hawthorne is like a a vaunted rivalry, but it's a relatively well trodden path. It is. It is. Paul Salmon. Paul Salmon. Just in this game alone, we got Danny Jacobs. We've got Mark Williams. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Simpkin. Michael Played Hartley. at one point. Yeah, Michael Hartley just got delisted today. So, uh, Rip. see your hearts. Uh, how he got on our team in the first place, I have no idea. Like, uh, yeah, well, I guess you just didn't expect massive growth years out of Kyle Harding. Well, no, that's himself just... himself into Alex Keith-style best defender in the comp. I think that's how bad Michael Hartley was, is that we looked at Kyle Hartigan and said, immediate upgrade. Look, you're choosing between Adelaide Reject and Essendon slash... Where did Hartley play before us? St Kilda? I'll look at it. No, not St Kilda. Um, Adelaide? Is it also Adelaide? Uh, Michael Hartley. Uh, Collingwood. Collingwood? Played zero games. And then was out of the league for three years. God, how bad was your team that you had to play Michael Hartley for three years? Good grief. Yeah, of course our team was awful. All our players got suspended. No, this was 2016. Yeah, but he came in as a top-up, didn't he? And then... No, he started in 2016. (sighs) He was out of the league for three years. Oh, no. Wait, what? Oh, he was on... So he was drafted in 2012 by Collingwood. And then he got delisted and then he played at Coburg and then he got wow. rookie drafted by Essendon in 2015. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure played all year. Mm. He played 44 games in three years. Yeah. Because he was with Hooker and Hurley and 
Ambrose and all that out. We had no defenders along yeah. with no anything else. God, Ben Dixon playing in the middle is a sight to see. I mean, Scott Lucas has played at centre-half forward and has spent more time in the back half. We got Sauce's expert commentary. Hey, this lineup is goaded. Isn't it? I don't I mean, Sauce. Who is the commentary lineup? Because obviously I've got it on mute. Uh, good question. Thank you. Um, yeah, Pato, obviously, Sauce, probably your, your Tim Lanes. Or yeah. have been the Saturday night slot at this point, was it? Saturday night was quarters, wasn't it? Quarters and Tim Lane, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll Maybe Chris what, Do we have Michael Christian? Maybe. I don't know. They didn't show it. Jeez, Matthew okay. Allen lighting his feet. He's a bad Current match review officer butcher. It sounds like Tim Lane. Um, yeah. So who have we... Oh, yeah. Brief glimpse of the MCG construction site in the background there. Yeah, those were the old days. That was what? That was going on 2003 or... Yeah, 2003 and four, I think. And this is 2004, so that checks out. Hawthorne are getting absolutely wiped here. Love it, Murray goes long. Lloyd gets absolutely <laughs> pushes around Trent Crow like a ragdoll. Did you see the way he, the umpire lined him up there? That is, he marked that on the line. <laughs> Cop that, Lordo. Matthew Lloyd and Trent Crow infamously involved in the greatest trade deal in the history of trade deals. Where Frio basically gave Essen and Matthew Lloyd and Scott Lucas for Trent Crow. Yeah, and then we got McFarlane and then we traded McFarlane back to Frio for Crowd again. Also, Lloydy has marked that in the goal square and he's almost gone back to 50. Uh, he's a revolutionary. Where do you think Ben Brown gets it from? Having said that, Matty Lloyd, one of the greatest kicks of goal of all time. Ben Brown, probably one of the better kicks of goal in the current game. So maybe there's method to the madness. Yeah, but how do you explain Ahmed Saad? Ahmed Saad probably never missed a goal. <laughs> <laughs> who do you reckon... Okay, while we're here, who do you reckon... Obviously, we, our football knowledge probably... I don't know. This is my first... I think this was my first season following football properly. A bad, a bad season to start, so... Whoa. Um, Did that just jump forward a lot? <laughs> So Lloydie's just kicked a goal and we've cut to Essendon having two extra points and Joel Smith kick it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's a so it's not a mini match. And it's not a condensed highlights. It's a Oh, uh, so you can see in the top right hand corner, it's clearly a rebroadcast from Fox Woody. So yeah. they must have taken a liberty or two to get it under two hours. Yeah, probably. Or oh, spider it... running around to the left. This was the number forty six game in the fifty from fifty countdown. I mean, this has to be one of the at least wildest games that I've ever been to. Oh, it's definitely the wildest game I've ever been to. Oh, sir, that's a free kick to Lloyd. You can't do yeah, that. I was going to say, the amount of free kicks that would... Oh, Razor would have an absolute field day in this game. In good news for AFL fans everywhere, Razor's been dropped. Has he actually? Yep. 
And in better news for AFL fans everywhere, his blonde, short, little fuckwit of a counterpart has also been dropped, Nathan Williamson. Huge. The guy, I've been complaining to you about him since the start of the season. No, he's slowly, slowly coming to fruition that people are recognising that he just destroys games of football. Yeah. Well, <laughs> considering it took them until two games before the grand final, probably a bit late, but, you know. Last week, they rested Brett Rosebury. Yeah, he's old. He's umpired about 500 games. Said, have the week off. We'll let Razor umpire this week. And then next week, we'll stitch him up. You're back. Yeah, we'll drop you. We'll, we'll bring you back up. Just imagine being that backup option as an umpire. <laughs> you umpire one game a week. It's non-contact. Unless you're Matt Stevick. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. Also, I can't remember too well. Did Hawthorne score in this game? Yeah, we kicked 12 goals. We just don't kick any until about 10 minutes, uh, five minutes ago in the first quarter. Like, it was brutal. I think we were both... Simon Simon Beaumont to fire up there in the foreground. I'll say we were both at this game, I believe. Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, uh, I was also at this game. And I (laughs) I just remember watching Willow get punched out. And I was like, Jesus, is this what football is? Yeah, I, it was such a so noteworthy. The next week, I think I wrote a story about it in grade one. I write little picture books. Mm. What a time to be alive! Class of Miss Anne Marie Jolly, grade one. Simpler times. Sister of East Point hero Darren Jolly. See, oh God, <laughs> a pudgy Sam Mitchell as well, Dutch. Dicko, oh my God. There we go. Johnny Barker. We're on. We're on. Playing, on, playing on esteemed Essendon key back, Mark Bolton. Who? Yeah, <laughs> correct. Brendan's less successful older brother. So what's this, 2004? We've got. Is he still a Carlton assistant coach? Uh, I think he resigned like a month ago. Oh, he's missed it. Oh, he's missed. Oh, Johnny Boy, you'd be perfect for Carlton. We've got current Hawthorne coach, one Samuel Mitchell. Uh, Previous Essendon coach, one James Heard. Whoa, up you go, McPhee. Um, Um, He's just ducked his head. We've got sideline reporter Luke Hodge. Fox footy analyst Ben Dixon. Yeah, Channel 9. Is he exclusively Channel 9, Lloydie? Uh, yeah, and it's free AW, I think. And the yeah. But yeah, on TV, he's Channel 9. Um, who else we got in this game? Um, What's Scotty Lucas up to nowadays, you reckon? It's an excellent quote. I reckon he might be in financial management or something. I reckon I remember reading. Oh. Oh, Lloyd, he's just annihilated. But he's Matthew Brown. Lloyd just quietly. The Velvet Sledgehammer, hey? Got the got those white shorts pulled up nice and high with the jumper tucked in. Socks pulled up. All the way. 
who who do you reckon outside of the people who like obviously are younger in this like mitchell and hodge game would translate the best to today's game um my answer is scott lucas yeah possibly i think heard probably yeah that's fair because he was for a midfielder he was real tall which was pretty unique at the time but this has obviously come into vogue with people like fife and bontempelli that danger field the ability to play yeah yeah Yeah, the truck's not that tall truck's six one me six one six two, yeah, but like five and bond six four, I think. Petrarca one eighty six, that's six two, five. Yeah, five six three. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that ability to play tall, like heard played quite a bit at center forward, even center back for a while, I think. Um, and then. Yeah, I don't know about on the other side, other than obviously Hodge and Mitchell. Yeah. Maybe Nick Reese. Nick Reese wouldn't translate to the under 14s team we played on. He was, yeah, no, he was not good. Another player in this game who didn't, uh, in this year, who didn't play, Tim Clark, an actual garden gnome. Really? Small, like, no, I figured that's what you meant by garden, though. but like, one it's crazy because, like, <laughs> people without size, this is like it's relatively unskilled time in AFL. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I mean, probably who won the brown line this year was it Judd, wasn't it? So you say unskilled, but that that West Coast team was really starting to break it. Yeah, yeah. No, unskilled in, like, I feel like the floor of today's game is a lot higher than the floor of, um, like, in 04. Yeah, that's probably true. Because, yeah, like, you look at players, there are seldom a player like Richie Vandenberg nowadays. Richie Vandenberg was the captain. Yeah, it doesn't mean he was good. True. Nick Maxwell will always yeah, be exactly. that point. Nick Maxwell is a premiership winning captain, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. Yeah. That's the biggest blight on our game. Yeah, since Woe Woden. Bar none, bar none. none. A shame Woe Woden. Yeah, like, there are players in this game where you just look at them and you're like, really? It's like, today's game, I think Ben Cunnington, and I'm like, he's a great player, but I look at him and I'm like, you look like you work on houses at 6.30 in the morning up the road. Yeah, true. He's a farm boy. And he'll be back there in a couple of years once he gives it up, you'd think? You'd think so. Uh, thoughts on umpires wearing white? Yeah. I mean, who cares, really? Not at all. That's if this game was played now, they'd probably wear blue, would they? If Hawthorne were wearing this jumper. Yeah. I have this exact jumper hanging in, hanging in the rafters. Hanging in the rafters with the, the CJ number on it years before he was a thing. He was just a visionary. CJ would have been about two. Oh, no. How old is he? 20. Oh, Williams has been back. 
about CJ would have been about three or four by this by this game. <laughs> that is crazy to think about. It is. It makes us feel old. Yeah, literally. Like we're getting to the point where gun AFL players we are older than, and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel good about this. Oh, they put one through the horse. Yeah. Simon Beaumont. Simon Beaumont. What a king. The electrifying Simon Beaumont. I've always said he was one of Hawthorne's greats. You have. You have always been a staunch advocate. I'm going to use this goal opportunity to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. You can entertain the listeners. What yeah, absolutely. Simon <laughs> Beaumont snaps for goal. Hawthorne have finally put one on the board. Luke Hodge with frosted tips. Jesus, Lord. This was back in the day when everyone had frosted tips. And we've got a young, oh, we've got a young Mark Harvey in the box. And Mark Harvey? Mark Harvey. Anyway, Hawks are finally on the board. I feel like this game can only get uh, quieter. And, you know, a little more reserved. Nathan Thompson, old trampoline Chester's just taking a mark. Mate, the Hawks are on the comeback here. With five minutes to go in the first quarter, we might be on. Also, Mark Thompson, trailblazer, with uh, his battle with mental health. Absolutely. I remember going to see him do a talk on mental health at the Eastern Oval when we were only young. Yeah, he did come to Ballarat. He was a good forward. He couldn't mark the ball to save himself, but... Can kick. And he had yeah. the uh, the Tim O'Brien number. No one in between. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my favourite, number 23 for Hawthorne ever, clearly. Yeah, it's either Nathan Thompson or Dom Scott. Don Scott. <laughs> Future Hawthorne president, Don Scott. He... Uh... Yeah, he's lost his marbles, poor Don. I listened to him interview Anthony Kudafidis the other day. It went for like an hour. And just towards the end of it, he just went, oh, this has been actually a pretty good interview. I thought you'd be an idiot and it would be awful, but <laughs> it turns out you know how to string a word or two together. So I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm yet Don. <laughs> Way to disenfranchise your interviewee. Oh, well, I mean, it was a compliment just wrapped up in an insult. That's about as backhanded a compliment as you can get. Yeah, I thought you'd be an idiot, but you're actually a competent human being. Oh, Chance Bateman before he cut his hair off. Oh, Changa. Campbell Brown before he... Oh, no, he's still the same. Prick. Yeah. Oof. Andrew Welsh before he became a mega, mega millionaire property tycoon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Oh. oh, Spike McVeigh's been murdered. Damien Severin. I, I tell you what, I, I, I say that Lance Franklin isn't someone you want to catch with a head full of steam running at you. Spider Everett's up there. You look at him running towards you and you're like, ooh. Yeah. I'd be shaking in my boots. He's there, actually. Like Lloydie, when he gets a head full of steam, as we know in 2009. Yeah, but I, and I think this is why people a bit older than us say the game's gone soft because I think back in 
the 80s and 90s. Like, there were several players from every team that were like that. They, they just get poleaxed every week. Well, even in this game, like, there's no... <laughs> not, like, complaining, because they'll always be complaining, but there's just, like, harder hits. No one really, like, not cares, but there's just, like, <laughs> everyone's hitting. Yeah, like I saw a highlight on YouTube, I think, yesterday. Um, it was who took the mark? Oh, it might have been Sam Newman took the mark leading out. And Mick Malthouse has charged running the other way and completely coat hanging it. Like, you get eight weeks now. Wasn't even 50. <laughs> or 15 as it was back then. It was just... And the commentator just went, oh, he may have been a bit late there, but uh, no, all's fair. All's fair. Yeah, all's fair, mate. You'd I mean, always get deregistered if you did that now. Lance Piccioni. Yeah, actually, here's a question for you. Who do you reckon would translate better the other way? Today's game going back to this game. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's a small... I think, I think Mummy would be good because he likes hurting people and doesn't much like running. <laughs> Um, Hawkins probably I, I reckon Hawkins would be a, like even now he's sort of considered a bit thuggish but I reckon if he had the sort of free reign that Dustal and Lockett that used to enjoy just murdering people that stood in his way yeah the Lee Matthews type of just Charlie Dixon yeah or just run through people it's, it's probably the bigger blokes I don't think you'll find a midfielder because you you put like one of these modern day midfielders in this type of game and Dean Solomon is just going to whack the shit out of their ribs. <laughs> and like Toby's probably one that would thrive a bit more. With, like Even though I, I was hesitant to say Toby because even though he would get away with a lot more stuff and as a result would probably tribal. I feel like he's small enough that if an opposition player wasn't happy with him, they would just decapitate him. Yeah, flatten him. But yeah, no, that is a pretty interesting question. Like, I feel like it's more mindset than physical, like prowess. Because you think of some of the most physically gifted athletes in today's game, and you put them back. Like Bont, I don't think would last a second. No, because like as soon as he played three good games in a row, the opposition would pick up on it. You'd have like Mark Yates try and run through it. Yeah, it just, oof, it's going to try and kill him. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I love watching old footy games. This this era is, like, my most just, like, memorable players, I think, because obviously this is what we grew up with. It's just, like, you remember all of them. Yeah, oh, I haven't thought about him for ages. Like, just seeing how good Jason Johnson actually was as a footballer. Yeah, compared to when you like fully started watching and you're just like, oh, he was kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, even Nathan Lovett Murray's been electric. Yeah, but it's not hard when he's playing on Lance Piccioni. Oh, well, that's true. Danny Jacobs. Back in the day when the fullbacks actually did the kickouts. In, yeah, in fairness, the game's probably better for not having that anymore. 
Oh, absolutely. But uh. how, how bizarre is it to see half the like one wing of the MCG without a grandstand? It's a literal construction site. Yeah. And the <laughs> And the bench is still the, there. The bench is just like <laughs> <laughs> they just all, all players on the interchange bench must have hard hats. Here's a good, we got Doug. Who is this? Nick Holland. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, he's Doug. Bigger than, bigger than I remember him being. Oh, he's, he's huge. He's now, um, oh, I can't remember what role he plays in our front office now. He's a, like, he's one of the football GMs. The general manager right. of something. Like, he's one of those weird culture managers. Is that Peter Schwab? It is Peter Schwab. Before we got uh, really sacked. <laughs> yeah, sacked. I knew he was the coach before Clarko, but he could have popped up in my Wheaties and I would not have recognized him. The only reason I remember him is because there's that clip of him doing a spud where he pulls open the window <laughs> and leans through and yells at the ground. All right, we're in the second quarter. Essendon are up by 26 points. However, Hawthorne kicked two of the last three goals of the quarter. I'm feeling hopeful. Yeah, look, all we can really tell is that it's been quite a sedate game so far, and you would expect it to stay that way. Absolutely. Especially with uh, marshals such as Joel Spink. And, 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 yeah, I mean, in charge, you've got Goldspeak and Justin Schmidt, so yeah. they should be able to keep the game in check. Very well, you would think. Oh, look at Joel Smith, the original moving half back. The hair flowing. Oh, Fletch kicked it to play forever. He almost did. He'd be all right in today's game. A long, rangy fullback. Harris esque. I think Fletch would probably thrive in today's game. You're right. Because he never particularly liked playing on an opponent. I mean, he was very good at it, and he played on like Adlet, Lockett, and all them, and did pretty well when he was younger. But yeah, he would that's, be. That's that's absolutely the- crazy to think about. That Fletcher played on Ablett and Lockett, and like Franklin, and probably like you know Rewalt and Tom Hawkins. When yeah. he retired, two thousand fourteen, he might have so. played on Charlie Dixon. <laughs> Yeah, and he, play, he started in 93. That is bananas. He played in a flag in 93 while he was still playing for his school side. And there were numerous times throughout the year when he didn't play for Essendon because he was playing for his school. Somehow I think the priorities have been a bit mixed there. I mean, I, I guess he figured I, I've got 20 years to play for Essendon. I've only got two weeks to play with my friends at school. Yeah, that's fair. It's not fair. It's ridiculous. I agree. I agree, but you know. Also, Lloyd. Aaron Henneman. Lloyd from about nine meters out, going twenty meters back, still throwing the grass, still pulling his socks up. You listen to all the great golf kickers, Chief and whatever, and they say it's all routine. Get a routine. It doesn't matter if you're fifty-five out or fifty-five centimeters out. If you do the same routine, it's reliable. That's why Tim O'Brien's one of the best in the game. Look, he is. He just never gets the ball. Hey. 
But when he does, but when he does, boy, is he good. <laughs> I'll take your word for it because you've probably seen him. Sam Mitchell. <laughs> Jason Winderlich has decapitated him. It's just killed Sam Mitchell. That is sure to be the most violent thing that we see in this game today. Sam oh, no. Mitch. Mate, the umpires that have a field day with the uh, protected zone here. <laughs> in fairness, there are the bombers players. What's Rabbit? Rammer almost just hit the ball out of his hand. Winderlick was basically just nudging him in the. Was that Winderlick? Was that Johnson? Yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Just nudging him in the back as he was walking backwards. See, Scotty Lucas is playing at seven half forward. He's just in the back 50. What are you doing, Scott? Oh, he's clearly needed. Ah, oh, Vandenberg skies one. Come on, almost. Fantastic defensive work from Andrew Welsh. Oh, no, Mitch. Could this be the last we see of him in a Hawthorne jumper? Yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. One thing's for sure, he'll never validly win a brown one. Tell that to the league. I said validly. Again. The biggest atrocity of that isn't him being a Brownlow medalist or even Job not being a Brownlow medalist. It's Cochin being a Brownlow medalist. Yeah. No, I agree. Because Sam Mitchell, at some point, yeah. was probably a top five player in the AFL. Oh, Absolutely. Um, um, and it just happened to be in that year where, you know, Joe had a Brownlow winning year. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just it just happened to... Yeah, look, it was, it was unlucky. I got to celebrate, though. Oof. I was in the airport in Phuket when I found out that Joe had won the Brownlow. Huge. Actually, no. Yeah, I was at the stopover, so at the airport in Singapore. Oh, God. World travel here. Not in today's oh, yeah. Absolutely. I've been to three countries in my two, well, including Australia. I've been to three. Tasmania counts if you've been there. I, I have sadly been a couple of times. Tasma- hey, Tasmania gets a lot of heat. I like Tasmania. Mm, look, as with anything, it depends why you're going. Joe Masiti? Joe Masiti. Oh, so you've just seen him there. Google Joe Masiti AFL Live 2004. It lives on in infamy as the worst ever render of a player's face. Oh my God. It is as generic and unlooking like Joe Masiti as you can possibly be. That looks like Matty Rowell. Yeah, it looks far more like Matthew Rao than it does Joe Mercedes. And um, like his, Mark Williams at the goal square! And Spike kills him for good measure. Um, but yeah, no, Joe Mercedes was a very, very good footballer. He was sort of coming... This might have been the year he retired, I think. He was pretty instrumental in the 2000 year where we were dominant. Smoking Joe, they called him. Ah, oh, the glove. The, the fingerless glove. 
Mark Williams has to be one of my favorite players of all time. I agree. He was, I think I had the number six on my back before I had 29. No, I had two jumpers. I had one with a six. That was like very, very small. But the 29 was like a gift. Oh no, Tom Murphy was actually 41 before 29. But yeah, I had a number six. And Mark Williams is still just like... Do you remember the year he just randomly played for Berlin? Yes. Yes, I do. King. Legend. Who's kicking out here? Who's number 12? 12. Nathan Loney. Oh, no. Sorry, pause everything. Stop the clock. YouTube's crashed. No, no. Actually, I think when I checked my phone, I accidentally pressed the close button. Nah, good one. Um... This is very much on the fly, listener. <laughs> no, no, this is planned. This is theatre. <laughs> All right. I'm paused at the 36.31 mark. All right. Let me know when you're at 36.52. All right. <laughs> It'll be about 21 seconds. Phenomenal. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, he's taking the jumper off. It is not Christmas anymore in the Jai Maharja apartment complex. It was getting warm. All right, now. All right, we're on. Um, Joel Smith is just about to kick. He has kicked. Absolutely. Love to Fantastic. see. Okay, I can now get on with replying to the message that I tried to before I ruined everything and almost oh. turned down Gotham. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bobby <laughs> killed him. That's six weeks now. That's not even a dangerous tackle. That's a dangerous fuck you. I was going to say, there are, some, there are some points in AFL, and this is something that I often think about. Like, you think about the Andrew Gaff thing that happened. Was that last year or two years ago? Yeah, 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 whenever it was. Whenever it happened. When does it turn from dangerous AFL act to just assault? Um, there are actually legal cases on this, not so much from AFL, but rugby. Mm. It, I think it sort of hinges on whether it's in these reasonably ex- accepted scope of the game. So like an Andrew Gaff sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you challenge it, it's probably... Uh, could there, there could be arguments made for both sides, but I think you'd be okay. Like if that's you, pushing. If you, if you like ran up behind somebody that completely wasn't looking and you weren't even close to the play and went full roundhouse and punched him in the face and knocked him out, then, did Barry Hall do that? Um, so the, the Barry Hall one again, obviously, it's quite a high legal, like quite a high threshold to become a legal case. Mm. because you, you have implied consent to be contacted quite roughly when you sign up to play. Um, Barry Hall, I think, in the case, because there's, like, niggle and push and shove and stuff, it would fall under the accepted scope. And, I mean, obviously not accepted by the league, which is why you've got big punishments, but not enough to take it outside of that realm. Yeah. Well, Barry Hall got, what, seven weeks, if I remember? I thought six, but it, I mean, yeah. the difference is negligible. Whatever. How many did Gaff get? I feel like Gaff got like eight. 
No, I think he got six as well, didn't he? I'd have to look that up. Because, yeah, that was that was something where I'm just like, well, there's a lot of things in this game where I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> dicey. Especially in this game. Um, Andrew Gaff suspension. Yeah, you're suspended for eight weeks. Jesus. I mean, he did just clock the guy, broke his jaw. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, having said that, he, I mean, he clearly didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, he tried to hit him in the chest and was unfortunately got him in the face. But The uh, Sam Draper, Cody Waitman of... Oh, <laughs> he just fell under my armpit. That's <laughs> yeah, completely different because he didn't yeah. even mean to hit him. That's like the, the perfect analogy for the difference between murder, manslaughter, and accidental death. Yeah. It was like Gaff, using the analogy, Gaff didn't try to murder him, but he did try to punch him. So even though you don't have the like intent to kill, you still have the intent to hit. Yeah. Whereas Draper just had literally no idea that the little flea was there. Not flea. He's not playing this week, is he? Uh, no. No, ruled out. Concussed. Bond is 50-50. Yeah, I did say that. He'll play. Probably yeah. play considerable time forward, which, to be honest, might actually help him. That People are talking about how bad Trelaw's been the last couple of weeks. He's probably be a good doesn't have a consistent role in the midfield, you'd think. Yeah, but I mean, it could be a good opportunity to get Bont forward and get Trelaw into the middle. Yeah, give him some actual run time. Regardless, I think they get caned by Port Adelaide. Is it in Adelaide? It is in Adelaide. Oof. Oh, look at that guy go. I thought he was 17, but 17's not on my list. Who's who Loney? Nathan Loney. Oh, 12. Oh, it was two. Tomo. Well, he cannot get it clear. And Fletcher volleyball spikes it back. I miss Dustin Fletcher playing so much. Who's the best fullback at Essendon since Dustin Fletcher? Kyle Hooker. It was unbelievable how good he was at his peak. When he was all Australian, he just quite literally never got outmarked and quite often outmarked his opposition. Mm. Um, yeah, so Hooker, then probably Hurley, and then probably Jake Carlisle, actually. What happened to Jake Carlisle? Um, he left. Other than the fact supplements, he... Yeah. Went to St Kilda and then has been plagued by injury, I think. Um, had quite bad back injuries. And then got delisted this year, I think. He just got oh, delisted. Sorry. Yeah, on the list this year, but isn't getting offered a contract for next year. Ooh. Have Essendon come out with their retained list? Because Hawthorne no. came out with theirs today. Not yet. Um, so Zaharakis isn't being offered a new contract. Hooker obviously isn't being offered a new contract. I think Erling Mosquito is probably not going to come back. Uh, yeah, Hooker's retired. Zaharakis wants to play on. And I mean, it could probably add some value at Gold Coast or somewhere. Hawthorne. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't need it. Um, you don't need it. Um, 
so yeah, Hooker and Zaharakis are gone. Uh, Mosquito probably gone. Almost certainly gone. Um, was he any good? He's played two games. How can you tell? Hard to tell, yeah, sure. But yeah, I, I'm also not sure about that. But um, I mean, he's in that mould of the Cyrils and the Riolis and stuff without, I think, being in that class. So not a huge loss, I don't think. Yeah, and it's not like basketball where you have like a full roster. It's often like the same, that's like 26 barring injuries. So it's not like, you know, they're just going to yeah, run him yeah. in the middle for fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, to keep with the disjointed and unstructured nature of this particular podcast episode, let's just go to Ben Simmons now. I hear he's happy to pay $1.3 million to not attend preseason training for the 76ers. Yeah, he, he's come out and basically just been like, I, I don't like, because if you don't, and it's with most American sports, and probably, hey, most sports and most jobs, if you don't turn up, you'll get fined. Well, most jobs, you'll just get fired. But there are, like, clauses in your contract where you're just like, well, we'll pay you this, but you have to turn up yeah. at this time. So I think he, he's got to the point where it's so bad that he's like, I'm, I'm just not turning up. So, yeah, fuck yeah. I want to be traded. So and- it's hard to imagine that he'll be on the... Uh, the 76ers roster when the season starts. Otherwise, you're just paying... He's on, like, 28 mil a year. Yeah. Um, and no, prog- no progress on getting him a trade to one of those Californian clubs he so desires to go to. No, and I don't think he'll end up at a Californian club, but the GM of the Sixers just wants too much. For, for someone's... Like, <laughs> for, from what he's just done in the playoffs, which is be, like, awful to the 76ers being like, we want, you know, three first-round picks and a good young player. It's just like (laughs) you're asking too much for someone whose value is so low right now. Yeah. 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 It's like, um, I don't know, who had a bad second half? A a bad example, but, like, Tom Cutler was okay for, like, 10 weeks, right? And was awful in the finals. Yeah. It's like if you asked for a first round pick for Tom Cutler right now. Like if we asked for a full bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> You're so only getting. Mate, no, you won't. You can have half, and even then it's going to be the dregs at the bottom. Yeah, it's going to be half, and it's going to be the half of a half because a bag of chips is half air anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad, no. I'm glad that we could agree on the chip analogy. Yeah. <laughs> no, because. Yeah, like Simmons is still very good, but at the end of the day, you're just like, you, you've got him at that bad moment. Yeah. It's like Philadelphia almost had James Harden, but they didn't want to give up like a, the eighth player on their roster. So, you know, it's one of those things where if they could have their time back, maybe they'd have it. Mm. Oh, Nathan Thompson lining up for goal. You love to see it. Took the mark in front of vaunted fullback Scott Lucas. He's all over the shop. Got a punch from behind. Uh, Adam? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For a centre-half 40, he's spending ridiculous amount of times anywhere but the forward line. He's a regular Josh Shackey. 
No, well, Scott Lucas can play. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the interview with Josh Shackey? Where yeah, he said no. he, he's addicted to um, learning new things and playing different positions or something like that? Addicted. Like, he, he's addicted it, to the challenge. That's what he said. Do you think that's maybe a little bit hyperbole, Josh? Addicted. Yeah. There's only so many positions. What's he going to do next? Move to basketball. <laughs> Become an NFL player. Get himself on the offensive line, the defensive line, and special teams. Yeah, mate. He can put anything. You'd think he's a bit skinny. You know. He's what? He's probably... How tall is Josh Shackey? I reckon he's about 6'4". Oh, he'd be tall. He'd be 197 or 8. Oh, geez, 199. He's a lot taller yeah. than I thought he was. Um... Six. Yeah, no, addicted to new positions is just the gateway drug to addicted to new sports. <laughs> It'll be the next goalkeeper for the Melbourne victory. It'll make like Specky McGee and get scouted by Man U as a goalkeeper. Specky McGee. Also, how good are these uh, Channel 10 graphics just quietly? Oh, mate. Mate, just you wait until we get to the end of the last quarter and the five-minute warning comes up. Oh, brilliant. Can you imagine how dramatic Saturday night's game would have been with the five-minute warning? Not knowing the time? Oh, Like the 33-minute mark and Zach Bailey kicks the goal to level it up. Also, while we're here, Bailey Smith, how good was that goal? Oh, he's clearly better than Sam Walsh. Yeah, all right. Let's discuss that right now because he did text that. Oh, Lord, I was just taking an absolute screamer. And then had to give it off. Now, a bit stiff. Free kick to Marky J. Um, yeah, no, he had a great game, Bailey Smith. And it was the exact sort of individual performance that they absolutely required. Yeah, and, and Smith was like the hero, but... And I know he had a couple of iffy touches. That... Oh. <laughs> Let's just kick the coal and deck him. <laughs> no, that was a bit soft from the... Hickeyoni, the goat. Is that Hickeyoni or whatever his name is? Hickeyone. Hickeyone. Yeah. The best Lance ever to play for Hawthorne. Yeah, clearly, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, go on. Brisbane. Oh, we're talking. Brisbane Bulldogs. Yeah. Bailey Smith Smith was good, but. Oh, yeah. Jack McRae, 38 touches, 11 clearances, and a goal. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's been freakish all year. Um, He just accumulates. And especially late with Bontoff with that injured knee, it it was good to see the other dogs step up and get the win. Yeah. But as I prefaced on the podcast and with my betting activity, that's certainly always going to happen. I put, I put some money on them at one to 39 and they won by one. And I was very Mm. happy. I just backed them out. Right. Which was silly. Yeah, it wasn't it. They wouldn't win 40 plus. Probably not, but a win's a win. That's true. And then I put $5 of that money on, uh, I'm not kidding. Belarusian soccer. Did you get up? I won twelve dollars. <laughs> hey, I put um, five dollars yeah. on a uh, on a team to win outright, and the goals to be under two and a half. 
that's a cheeky 12 bucks. So, so I'm looking for value. Up. I'm going to put the entire hundred plus dollars in my sports bet account on Hawthorne to win this game. I reckon they're coming. They've got momentum since the first 10 minutes. I wouldn't imagine so. No, I, I reckon you'll be surprised. This is the alternate ending push. <laughs> yeah. The director's cut. Now, this is where they, like, halfway through the last quarter, they cut to, I can't remember which game it was in 2005, but the game where it was pouring down rain and Mark Williams kicks it from 50 metres out to win the game. <laughs> oh. God, the Channel 10 graphics. Unreal. Um, all right. Before we start getting into uh, line in the sand fight territory here, Bailey Smith versus Sam Walsh. You brought it up during the week. I'm still pro Sam Walsh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So am I. I was just playing devil's advocate. Sam okay. Walsh is twice the football of Bailey Smith. Do you think Bailey Smith could do something similar if given the chances? I think Bailey Smith has that, not that kind of talent, but if you put him on a team where he has to shoulder more responsibility, can he do it? I mean, I think he would be probably better than he is at the Bulldog, but I don't think he would be as good as Sam Walsh is at Carl. Yeah. Because Sam Walsh is like danger uh, like it's like it's approaching Ablett at the Gold Coast levels like carrying it's like Chris Paul yeah. Walsh got there or to just to keep it really in-house Judd at Carlton yeah just and he had to put six kilos of tape on those shoulders every week just to be able to carry the blues <laughs> it's true he was um yeah who tweeted that Wait, uh, I don't know. Let's say Steve-O. No, steve was responsible for the Alex Keith is one of the best defenders in the game. Oh, Jesus. All right. I'm going to go through the various tweets. Uh, Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. It was Sam McClure. Ah, scoop. Bailey Smith, every bit the player that Sam Walsh is. Oh, the Hawks within 26 points. We're on here. We're on the comeback trail. Oh, we're on. Here we go. <laughs> bit of bit of rough and tumble. Things are starting to heat up. Adam, uh, who's that? Jason Johnson? Mark? Uh, am I on? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Mark. Um, Mark Johnson is number one, yeah. Yeah, no, it's starting to get a bit uh, feisty oh, here. Winderlick has been murdered. Oof. It, it looks like the Hawks have drawn a line in the sand at halftime. No, uh, I think Peter Schwab came out at halftime and said, hey, what? He's bleeding from the mouth. I think it, it, it could even have been Dermy. Oh, it's on. McPhee's in there. Johnson's in there for us. There's spot fires everywhere. Jason Johnson comes in to protect Mark Johnson. Welshie's in there fighting with Richie Vandenberg. Oh, Vandenberg's throwing a punch. Dicko gets dragged off the ground. This game has truly deteriorated. Oh, Rioli's just gone for Barker's head. Jason Johnson. Oh, Rioli's got the headlock. Fletcher's in there grabbing Changa by the dreadlock and spinning him around. 
Yeah, get in there, Hodgie. Let's go, son. Just, Justin Murphy uh, and Hodgie are having a punch on. Oh, that's Simon Beaumont. That's that's <laughs> not Hodgie. It did look a bit like him. But... It does look a bit like Hodgie, eh? And every time I see, uh, oof, just whacked him in the face there. Who's that? Is that who's twenty eight? Justin Murphy. Yeah, that's an appropriate time for the hoosting. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, Chang is belted. Well, she, the trainer's in there looking for blood, literally. <laughs> I was going to say, Justin Murphy looks a lot like a very young Paddy Ryder. The Essendon doctor has apparently come straight from Lawn Bowl, still got his whites on. Richie Vandenberg's just throwing haymakers out there. Oh, uh, let's look at the, uh, the outcome from this game. Um, I'm not sure we've got time to go through all that. Adam McPhee's very upset. Chance Bateman has been in every single little spot fire. Well, she breaking it up. Darren Goldspink not happy with the boys at all. McPhee bleeding from the eye gets dragged off the ground by the one trainer that decided to wear black pants instead of white pants. There goes Boma oh, Hodge. Danny Jacobs. Jaco Malfoy. Chang is on. Let's go. Ah, oh, he's been pushed umpire. Ah, oh, Angelo Lekas is so good. Oh, that's on the ball. <laughs> they don't call anything in this game. No. Do as you please, boys. Oh, and we're back on. Woof. Oh, Maddie Allen into it. Maddie Allen and Spider. Also, oh. I think I, I, I may have disconnected slightly time-wise. Jason Johnson's just been murdered. Yeah, no, I'm up there. All Michael right. Osborne's just killed him. Oh, they've called 15. 50? Hang on. Well, just got murdered. Then now Nathan Thompson's yeah, got Thompson's the ball. Oh, no. okay. Wow, Simon Beaumont really does look like Luke Hodge. Just without any of the ability. Hey, Simon Beaumont had 10 tackles in this game. Yeah, because he couldn't get the ball. <laughs> oh, well, he thinks he's fifth. Yeah, Lordo. Right, so the outcome of this game, Richie Vandenberg, six matches. Fine six? Six. Three for striking Adam McPhee, three for kneeing Adam McPhee. To be fair, if I had the chance, I'd probably also knee Adam McPhee. Make him the captain. Lance Piccioni. Striking Adam McPhee. Center football purgatory forever. Four matches, he might not have played another game afterwards. Campbell Green, any- striking. Jason Winderlick, four matches. John Barker cleared. Everyone just wanted a piece of Adam McPhee, apparently. Yeah, that, I was just about to say, has any one victim, has any one player been the victim of more matches lost than Adam McPhee at 10? Um, well, you're about to add one more onto it. Oh, no. Simon Beaumont, misconduct against Justin Murphy. 
And then Bateman, Everett, Dutch, and Mark Williams were fined for the various melees. Woof, God, he's just been killed. This game is heating up. Oh, we've got an MMA style. Oh my God. Um, wow, the Hawth- Hawthorne were really on the end of all the suspensions here because Justin Murphy got one week for headbutting Simon Beaumont. And then there for was headbutting. One week for headbutting. I was gonna say nowadays people get shot for headbutting. Toby Green got two weeks for a fend-off. And Murphy's got one for a headbutt. Yeah, but to be fair. Joel Selwood got the same for the uh, same fend-off. Uh, got zero for the same fend-off, so. What a disgrace. Just because Patrick Dangerfield's got a weak throat. Well, yeah, just because Josh Kelly stayed on the field, I feel like that was half the reason that Selwood got nothing. The other half is that he's Joel Selwood. Yeah. I, yeah. I can appreciate that he's one of the greats of the game. But Jesus yeah. Christ, they I wonder if he's ever been suspended in his life. He's more protected than the quokka. No, oh, absolutely. Are quokkas a protected species? They might have to be, right? Yeah. I reckon they would be. All right, player profile. Player profile on the quokka. <laughs> I have profile. Height. Noel Zellwood. Yeah. One. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One foot. Um, the on coaches box is a who's who of who? Who? Peter Schwab and then literally no one else. I mean, it was probably Peter Schwab and various. Hodgie oh. on the right foot to Nathan Thompson. Jeez, electric. Hodgie hasn't kicked on his right foot like that since about 2004. Since this game. That was his last kick on his right foot. God, that is unreal. Where was that? I know we hey, won four flags. But imagine geez. how many flags you would have won if Hodgie was still playing like that. Oh, mate. At least five. <laughs> we would have won 2012 if he had a right foot like that. That's true. Luke Hodge infamously cost you that game. Yeah, that was like, it was. Occurred just five days after the disgrace of. Oh, well, not the disgrace, but after Joe Watson won his brown one. Disgrace. So I remember. Disgrace to the uh, game. I was in a bar in Thailand. Thought, how good's football? Hawthorne have been beat the grand final. Their shot, their error's over. Job's won the brown one. Nothing can change this. And then... Well, well, well. There's a full the, the 4th of February, 2013, I was sitting in a history class in the art wing of Ballarat Grammar School browsing through my laptop when I unfortunately was reading Twitter and saw that Essendon were capitulating. Yeah. God, they're just handing free kicks to Lloyd. Soft. Protected species. Should never have kicked more than 50 goals, really. We what, kicked seven this game? Well, he's kicked five already by my count, I think. Yeah, he goes all right, doesn't he? I mean, legitimately, well, stats alone, it's the second best forward of the century behind Buddy. Second? Yeah, well, I mean, Buddy's going to kick a thousand, so. Yeah. 
Well, um, eight on, on goals, no, nine twenty-six. Yeah. So he's kicked the what's that the sixth most goals of all time, um, and the, of the century is probably a little unfair because he did play for five years in the last century. But yeah, that's true. Who do you reckon the best forwards? Let's say that we've seen because Lloyd is probably. It, yeah, it, and it's going to be hard to do it generally. We've probably got to do it by position. The best full forwards that I've seen, I think Lloyd, I'll count Buddy there, even though he's played lots of centre-half forwards, but I think he counts a little bit of forward. I, I think just general forwards. Um, Fev, when he was at peak. Yeah. Gary, probably. Mm. Hawkins. There's a genuine case to be made that Hawkins is the best forward since Lloyd. Haw- Hawkins is, I know he, like as a Hawthorne fan, uh, stands against everything that I stand for, but he's probably the third best forward I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's incredible, and the I think the thing that makes him really stand out to me is that. Early in his year, he was so early in his year, early in his career, he was so maligned for being a bad kicker goal. Yeah, it was the um, it was Jack. It, it was it, yeah, he was an awful kicker goal, and I don't want to rub it in, but I think genuinely the turning point for his goal kicking changing was when he kicked that goal from outside fifty. Yeah, I remember the one. It may not have been the that exact point. It may have happened a little bit before that or a little bit after that, but I feel like that's sort of the fulcrum if you yeah. will between the good and the, the bad what's the what opposite of an apex the uh what's the bottom of a parabola and the deer i'm not sure that's a term in relation to parabolas but i wouldn't imagine so and the deer is the bottom of a, like a significant valley i feel like it was quite literally called a turning point <laughs> yeah it may have been yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. That, that I chose the law, so I had to deal with English, not maths. Remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I think Hawkins is definitely out. But Josh Kennedy too, probably. Mm. Um, in an era where the big Ford was in danger of going extinct, much like the beloved Quokka. <laughs> not the one foot. <laughs> not the one foot Quokka. Um, yeah, no, Josh Kennedy, and again. It's probably because he's such a good kick for goal that he stands out compared to some of the others. Well, he was also pretty spotty with his kicking before he got to West Coast. And then he incorporated that stutter step and everyone was just like, what the fuck are you doing? It was so bizarre that he got better after he implemented the stupid stutter step. But again, it speaks to that mentality that I know Chief harps on a lot about, that it's get your routine. Practice it. Journalist it was just like with King tweet. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Brown. Tom Brown, where he's just like, oh, just run towards the goal and kick it straight. It's that easy. I was like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was like, then then the follow-up, have you never heard of that before? No. (laughs) I was like, well done, Tom Brown. Good job, mate. Um, but yeah. Tom Brown. Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. Um, I think uh, Jonathan Brown, obviously, mm. was very good. 
Nick Rewalt and Richo, I sort of put in a different category because I think they were elite, but for different reasons. Like, I think maybe not as forwards, but just because of how big their tanks were. Yeah, they like were. The fact they could play on the wing. Center half forwards who would end up with the ball at half back. They were the prototype for basically every marauding forward nowadays. It's like when you see Jeremy Cameron with the ball at half back, you're just like, yeah, Richo started that. Nick Rewalt started that. Yeah. Um, Dean Rioli has just slotted it. Look at him go. He's just majestic to watch. Who is the worst Rioli? Um, well, without including the young one that's played a couple of games, I think there's a case to be made for Daniel, isn't there? All the Rioli's been pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, they have. And that's why the Rioli name carries such prestige. What have we had? We've had Morris Senior, yeah. one of the greats. We've had Dean. Dean, Daniel, Cyril. Cyril. Daniel and Morris Jr. Yeah. I mean, um, it's probably Daniel just because, like, Dean was a what? Dean was such a good... Like, he obviously wasn't peak fitness. But some of the stuff that he did and the impact he had on games, like it's not just about saying, oh, his potential or his talent was crazy. He, even though he wasn't peak fit for most of his career, he still had genuine like game-changing impact on games. So. Yeah, I feel like that's the Rioli standard. Like it's the same with Cyril. Cyril would have touches and be named best on ground and get three brown votes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think for now it's probably Dan. But, I mean, as you have been big on, he had a – it's such a good contestant, Mark. He just – he makes it look so easy. No, because he's playing on Danny Jacobs. <laughs> was well, that true? Right? True, true. No, that was Jacobs. Um, but, yeah, I think it is currently Dan. But as you were big on, he did sort of reinvent himself as a halfback a little bit late this year so yeah. if he oh, I think continues Kendall. if he continues on that path and has a, a pretty good career then it, it'll be a tougher question to answer probably yeah we'll see how morris goes um geez herd's having a shocker getting towed by joel smith i think i think he'll be okay is Lloyd, he has to be one of the best kicks I've ever seen in my life. Genuinely. I and think what, from, and from vision that I've seen, Chief was the same. Lockett was the same. Because um, they just used to practice it so much and have such just genuinely good routines. And Lloyd, obviously, fantastic kick for goal. Um, but yeah, it, it is something that has gone out of the game horribly these days. It's probably because they're being asked to do more. Like, you think of all the forwards nowadays, it's like even Tom Hawkins, he's a pretty good kick at goal, but you think of all the things that he's asked to do in the ruck. Tom Hawkins is one of the best pressing forwards in the game in terms of forward half pressure. Like, just imagine... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. It's, it's half that, I think, but half also, they don't practice as much because the coaches don't let them. The sports scientists say, no, you can't. You're going to have so many shots in practice. Why? Because, and it's probably true from a sports science 
perspective. If you keep doing it in the same repeated action, it probably puts more pressure on those muscles and like you, you're probably more of a chance to get injured. But, um, and th there have been some pretty big proponents for this. Like at the end of the day, the coaches and the football departments have got to weigh up whether you listen to the sports scientists and give them that break or whether you say, well, it, it genuinely wins games. Um, and like, I think I was listening to Nick Del Santo and a couple others on SEN talk about it a couple of weeks ago. Goal kicking was genuinely the difference in the Sydney GWS final. Mm. Sydney kicked two seven in the last quarter. Yeah, the goal kicked, point. Uh, GWS kicked what a goal. Just one straight, yeah. I think. Yeah. So they had nine shots a goal, and they only needed to kick three of the nine, mm. and they couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, I think that he should have won that game. And genuinely, I think the one club that has done that and said, sod the sports scientists, do whatever you, you like, Fords, make sure you're good kicks is West Coast. Because hmm. you listen to interviews with Josh Kennedy and Jack Darling and they say, no, we're allowed to have as many shots as we like and we do. Yeah, and, and, it and it's no coincidence that they're clearly the best kicking team for goal. And I, I still maintain, and I know they didn't make the finals, but if they don't get that horrid run of injuries throughout the middle of the season, they probably make the finals. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, they, they are, and before, you know, lockdown five or whatever, when we went to the pub and they beat Richmond, that is quite literally what won them that game, is just excellent goal kicking. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ryan, one of the best kicks in the game. There were a couple of games like that. I think it was, again, I think I was with you. Was it when we left? It might have been after the Hawthorne GWS game. I reckon we looked at the scores and West Coast were 11-1. Yeah, no, that was the game that the Bulldogs kicked like two goals, 12. That's right, yeah. And the West Coast kicked really well because I remember I walked back from the MCG and I walked past that other defence square and I looked at the screen and they were still, had kicked like one point and the Bulldogs had kicked one twelve. Yeah. I was like, what? What? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why goal kicking has been, I guess, de-emphasized throughout the years. Yeah, it's weird. Like in the professional era of the game, you would think, and most, in fairness, almost all skills have got considerably better. Goal uh, kicking is the one anomaly that has got worse. It's like you think of the fitness of the players nowadays. It's like you think of like the full forwards that we're talking about in this era, like Fraser Gehrig. Even Barry Hall wasn't the pinnacle of fitness. Fev, at some point, did that roll through? It didn't get touched, umpire. Uh, Danny Jacobs. I want the review. Take it to I Noah. I don't think they invented cameras for the next 10 years. He's missed it. Nah, the ball we'll deviated. We'll cut to a throw in. The ball deviated. Um, it did not. It did not. I want a review. But yeah, you think about the fitness of players and just the flaw of talent nowadays. Like you think about the people that are getting cut, like Hawthorne have just had their cut list. James Cousins would be one of the better players on this team. You, you look oh, at the players like uh, Joel Smith, Nick Rees, even a young... Like Leone Uche or whatever his name is. Picky Oni. That's him. Um, Simon Beaumont. 
Tim Clark. Yeah, like you think the flaw nowadays, the people who can't get in to AFL teams because they're like VFL level would probably star in early thousands football. Yeah. Also, question for you, because obviously I don't know the Hawthorne players as well. Hmm. Has Rick Ladson had a possession yet? Uh, I don't think so. How many did he have for the game? Uh, Rick Ladson had four. four. He had two kicks and two handballs. All right, that's probably why I haven't seen him. Oh, no. Sorry, two kicks and four handballs. So six touches. I mean, Trent Crowe only had five. So. so did Mark Williams. But Mark Williams kicked two goals. He kicked two goals. Mark Williams is a killer. One of the best forwards I've ever seen with my own two eyes. That's a lie. Ah. I was going to say, we did just spend 20 minutes discussing the best forwards you've ever seen. He didn't come up. No, he, he's clear of Kerry, you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't include Kerry. Obviously I've seen highlights of him, but I don't really remember watching him play. Uh, I, I, I caught Kerry a couple of times when he played for Adelaide, but like I never got to see North Melbourne. Mm, Pagan's uh, paddock Kerry. Yeah where he was just like six goals a game kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, because lots of people that were around for all those areas have Ablett Senior and Carey as the two most influential players that could just turn a game by themselves. Yeah, which is fair, which is a shame because Carey's a fucking twit. Yeah, so is Ablett. Yeah, exactly. Which is a shame. Um, it is, but well, that's out in the fall. Yeah, good call, umpire. Well done, Aaron Edelman. I feel like I may have got a little bit ahead of you again somehow. No, I've got uh, number three lining up for a goal. Yeah, Aaron Edelman, goat. We'll have to, uh, our next watch along game will have to be the best ever Courtney Johns game. So, nothing. So, just yeah. a regular podcast. As, as, I went, as I went to say it, I was like, did Courtney Johns ever have a good game? Like, he probably had one where he three with those blonde dreadlocks. No, but like, I can think of a good Angus Monfries game. Yeah, the one where he bowled a Shane Warne leg spinner. To yeah. win the showdown. Kyle Remus kicked seven against the Gold Coast. To be fair, I could kick seven against that um, that's, iteration. That's true. The Gold Coast. Actually, who was on that team? What was that, 2011? Gary Ablett. Um, no, they didn't come in until 2012. Uh, 2000... Might have been. Might 2011. Have been. Okay, and GWS was 2012. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So let's look at the team, shall we? Show me the team or not. Okay. I know Thompson takes a big mark. He wheels around, goes, and he's brought rain down with it. He's just kicked it straight up in the air. Mark that spider. He can't. Sean Wellman takes it. Doesn't handle it. Gets tackled. Rick Ladson's there. There he is. He's alive. And Darren Golsping said, give it to me, boys. I'll ball it up. Oh, person you probably haven't thought about in a while, Jared Brennan. 
Yep, I'll give that to you. The guy who would just palm the football. Um, so free agents, we got Nathan Bock, Nathan oh, Cracker. Yes. Oh, yes. Michael Riscatelli, Hawthorne legend Campbell Brown. Also, I forgot he played for the Gold Coast. Sports bet legend, Jared Harbrow, just retired. Um, Gary Ablett Jr. I don't know. His dad must be all right. That's Nathan's brother, yeah? Yeah, Nathan's brother. Josh Fraser. Oh, Collingwood icon. Um, they also... Who'd they draft? They drafted David Swallow at one. Harley Benell yeah. at two. Yeah, see, that hasn't worked as well. Sam Day at three. That's probably that a reasonable hard. call. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. Considering some of the players on this list, um, we've got Josh Caddy at seven, obviously left for better pastures. Dion Prestia left for better pastures. Social media goat, Daniel Gorringe. I can't wait to see that, Teddy. <laughs> Tom Lynch at 11. Oh, yes. Adelaide icon. The very same. <laughs> Followed at 13 by one Seb Tape. Who? Wrong button. Was, was he the trainer? Who? Hey, hey, oh. Uh, there was also a Jacob Gilby. No relation to Lindsay. Who? Who? Was he related to Lindsay? If he was, he probably still is. <laughs> so he got drafted by the Gold Coast Suns on Australia Day in 2013, two, day, uh, two years after he was drafted. Gilby failed a random breath test while driving in Broad Beach, recording a blood alcohol level of 0.13. Oh. Did you say two days after he was drafted? Two years, sorry. Oh, two years. Okay. That, I was drafted in 2011. So like a year and a half after he was drafted, he, had, he recorded a blood alcohol level of 0.13. That is a lot. That is, that's a good day of drinking. That's probably me right now. Yeah, I reckon I blow about 0.13 currently. Yeah, that's last call levels. Yeah. <laughs> That's irresponsible podcasting levels. It is. There is a minute to go in the third quarter, and Essendon have kicked nineteen goals seven. I, I, there was a there was an era like this era where scoring was really high, and then it got really low during the West Coast the, the Ross Lyon years. The the Ross Lyon years, and then it skyrocketed in the Clarkson. Uh, stranglehold years and then everyone complained it got too high and then the AFL implemented like the 666 rule and then we went through COVID and now <laughs> scoring's like at an all-time low yeah scenes absolute scenes yeah Danny Jacobs get him son yeah and then they tried to artificially increase the scoring by bringing in the stand rule and it worked for Two weeks, yeah. and then football just went back to normal. Yeah, because it oh, doesn't make that. Why did he kick one on his right foot? Oh, he's missed. Oh, he's missed. <laughs> Even Hutto appreciated that. Lloydie on his right foot. Do you have the sound on? Yeah. Oh, I don't have the sound. Oof. It must be low for it not to come through the microphone. Or maybe 
This is a the very podcast, good podcast equipment is just that high tech. This is a, we're bringing you, listener. It's a directional microphone. You know, it's the good shit. Whereas mine, as prefaced last week and now completely into oblivion, the on off button has just stopped working. Now, that's all right. You don't need to turn it off anyway. No, well, that's why when I came back before, I went, Am I on? Because it's just always blue now. You're always on. Peter Schwab sheepishly walks down the dugout, 12 goals behind. Don't worry, mate. Your job's safe. I reckon you lead him to the next flag. You'd think so. You reckon he makes it past the round? Peter Schwab gets sacked. Yeah, no, I can't see him get sacked. Uh, from my research, I reckon it's round uh, 17, 18. It's about uh, five weeks before the end of the year, I think. Or actually, maybe one or two weeks. It definitely wasn't round 11. In 2004, Peter Schwab announced during the preseason that the Hawks would win the premiership. However, by round 16, the Hawks were last on the ladder. And uh, Schwab resigned after being absolutely belted by North um, in round 17. There you go. My research holds true. Because I had to research it for my uh, list from a couple of weeks ago, things that happened last time Essendon won a final. And that list carries on. It does. And... Just as an interesting connection, this game we're watching that we kept talking about how bizarre it is to, to be so long ago and see all these players we haven't heard of for so long. This year was the last time Essendon won a final. Yeah. This was 2004. 2004 elimination final. Essendon defeated Melbourne by five points, I reckon, and then fell to Geelong in the semi. Who was in that Melbourne team? What are we talking? Neats? Adam. Adam Uze, David Needs, Brad Green, yeah, James Russ, McDonald, Russ Robertson, Russell Robertson, yeah, yeah, Jamar, uh, potentially Mark Jamar. All right, let me look at this team. Another Essendon icon, Mark Jamar. <laughs> hey, he, was, he wasn't bad for Essendon. No, well, in the same way, Andrew Phillips is not bad for Essendon. Like serviceable, not embarrassing, but won't go down in history as one of our greats. Will not be thought of alongside Madden. You wouldn't. Well, really, no one's alongside Madden, but um, Hill, Bell Chambers. From Madden to Hill. Nice. Barnes. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really chiseled out a good career. Hey. Hey, oh. Salmon? It was more of a full forward than a ruckman. Yeah, but still. Like, Hill was fine. Yeah, but we just haven't had that many great ruckmans. John Barnes was our ruckman in uh, in, in 2000 when we won the flag. He was a good footballer. Um, Matthew Allen, apparently, was our ruckman in 2004. Hill was fine. Bell Chambers was fine. Um, I feel like Hill is in the same ilk of Jamie Charman. Yeah. Like, relatively kind of undersized, okay, Ruckman, 
where the rest of the team was just really good at that time. Yeah, well, well, I mean, Hill didn't play in a dominant era. Like, Hill never played in the Premiership or anything. He was more the in the, the downfall of Essendon through this period, sort of post-2004. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, Jamie, Jamie Charman is a good call. Hawthorne are the same. Like, Hawthorne, genuinely since Don Scott, have not had a good ruckman. Probably our best is Ben McAvoy. Since Don Scott, like Spider wasn't. What about the Noodle? Yeah, Noodle's going to be one of the best ruckmen in the league. Watch this space. Um, but like Spider Everett, I don't really count as a Hawthorne player. Yeah, he was a very good ruckman, but I think not really. Or St Kilda was a better ruckman at Sydney and St Kilda. Sydney and St Kilda, he was one of the best ruckmen in the league, and then he came yeah. to Hawthorne, he was kind of washed. But, <laughs> Luke Hodges just been destroyed without the ball. That yeah, doesn't matter. Play on. Play on. <laughs> oh, Sean Wellman taking one-handed marks. Look at him go. Yeah, because he's playing on Simon Beaumont. Go, Rama. Cancer survivor, Mr. Adam Ratmanowskis. Love to see it. That was a pretty rough kick. Oh, Lucas on the half volley. Where's and- Lloyd? Where's Lloyd? There's Lloyd. Oh, the goal assist. Carlton legend Justin Murphy. God, he's skied that into the construction centre of the MCG. He's kicked at the Fed Square. Yikes. The MCG yeah. currently is its so sad. Yeah, you walked past it the other day. Run us through it. I went, I took a nice long walk. I went around the MCG. I walked past Punt Road. Through the MCG Gardens, through the full Olympic Park precinct. For a Saturday in September, for everything to be that dead, even the pubs in Richmond and everything, no people around. Awful. Soul destroying. You do. Well, I mean, you like to see people in Richmond not be excited in September, but other than that. Joel Smith is on here. Joel Smith. Bang! Joel Smith does go bang. Come back. The fire did not move. Legend. Um, is the Melbourne defender that has a very similar look to Joel Smith also called Joel Smith? It is. Very same. Does he also wear a headband or am I just wrapping no, it in my head? He has like a undercut with longish hair. But he has the same name and he's very in the same ilk of Joel Smith. Conspiracy, it's the same person. I wouldn't Ish. imagine so. Joel Smith was past it at this point. <laughs> let alone in 2021, 17 years later. Yeah, but you can't be sure is the main thing. That's true. Have we ever seen them both in the same room? I... Outside of this particular game, I'm not sure I've ever seen Joel Smith anywhere anytime. No, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I think I had the pleasure of meeting Joel Smith at one point. What, when you were there to support Box Hill? <laughs> yeah, the developmental team, the VFL reserves. Oh, it, it's crazy to think how Joel, uh, Joel Smith was one of the better players in our team at this point. 
in yeah. that. Yeah, no, clearly, what, watching this game, it's clear that you're not going to have any success for decades to come. You'd think on the basis of this game that Essendon would have many a final win after this year. You would, there you go, commentators. Hutto, Chris O. Sauce on special comments. Um, they went in a small booth. Yeah, no, this um, game is very much a case of a team on the way up and a team on the way down. I can't believe Schwab announced that Hawthorne would win a flag this year and we came 15. In fairness, what's he going to say? Oh, well, you know, we're we're being tempered. I, I don't think we can win it, but I reckon we can probably be competitive. Like, you have to come out and say we can win it or we will win it. Yeah. It it does seem a a bold declaration if it was unprompted, but, I mean, you were reading that off Wikipedia or some journalists reporting, which we know from our analysis of Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown is not always... It was a very young Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. It was a 15-year-old Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. Who the fuck is that? Oh, it's Michael Osborne. We're in the number 40 before he got the number seven. I was going to say, I don't remember the number 40. Oh, Scotty Lucas. One of those big mitts. Well, Essendon are up by 75 points here, and Adam McPhee still hasn't jumper-punched Mark Williams yet. I don't know. I reckon you're a chance. Essendon and North Melbourne, remember? Plenty of things have happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Johnny Barker playing centre half back. A famous defender, John Barker. Scott Lucas's kicking action is just a thing of beauty. The way he almost knees himself in the face. It's not that he knees himself in the face, it's like he hinges from his hips. Yeah. Hinges almost head but headbutts his knee. All right. Realistically, you watch more of him. How good was James Hurd? Um, so it's funny because I think his best years happened before I watched him. So, like, he won- he started in, what, 92? Mm. Won the Brownlow in 96. Was a premiership captain in 2000. So, by the time I sort of started to properly watch him in 2004, probably he was right at the back end. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, superstar. As I said before, the fact that he could play in the middle but also play centre-half forward or centre-half back, he just genuinely was that good. Yeah. Um, And, obviously, without having seen the majority of his career, the fact that he won, what, three Anzac Day medals, and Norm Smith was captain of the, the greatest side ever to have played... Brownlow medalist. There's not much more you can do, I think. I would say, without having seen it, he's probably won, what, four or five best of Ferris. Yeah. Oh, you'd think he'd turn into a good coach. And that's the funny thing is, I think he was a really good coach. Obviously, he got derailed by the supplements thing and um, got sort of blackballed for life. Yeah. 
Um, but in terms of the game plan we had and the, the club culture and stuff, everything seemed to be pretty hunky-dory and things were going well when he was the coach. Yeah. No, I think genuinely Dank probably derailed Essendon as they were. Yeah. And I'm like, I think 98% of football fans, even most of Heard's strongest critics would agree that he, like, everything that happened, he might have to take the blame for because he was coached, but it wasn't his fault. He didn't set out to do it. Um, there was nothing nefarious on his behalf. He just, the fact that he probably maybe delegated a bit too much or didn't have enough oversight of it or whatever and was sort of let down by some people. And then the fact they got caught as well. Because I think that supplements, things like that were happening at every club around that time at Essendon, which is the unlucky ones that got caught. Um, but yeah, I don't think he, he ever meant to cheat or that it was ever his fault. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously he's probably been harshly done by in the fact that he, he was the the fall guy for it, basically, from the AFL perspective. And, um, it, it, well, it almost, well, it did ruin his life. It almost took his life. Yeah, that's a bit grim. It is. It's, it's a bit dark and heavy for the last call. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he genuinely was a superstar and is revered as one of the greatest players for wrestling of all time. So, Yeah, that's fair. It, and I feel like, considering especially the uh, history that Essendon have had, to like, how many, Dick Reynolds kick what? Eight hundred goals. Uh, Dick Reynolds. Well, I don't think that's even close to true, is it? John oh. Coleman kicked. Oh, Coleman. Uh, no, Coleman kicked like five hundred and fifty, but he only played for like four or five years. Um. Reynolds kick four forty. Um, Captain four premierships, I think. Yeah, and here's my problem with just general AFL history: is when Coleman kicked five thirty seven. When In how many games? Ninety eight games. Ninety eight games. Ninety eight games. So that's Martin's. like five and a half a game every game. Here's my thing with that, though, and it, it boils down to Coventry. It boils down to all those great goal kickers back in the day. They were genuinely playing against plumbers. Yeah, okay, that's true. But at the same time, they were genuinely plumbers. Like, it's not as if they were a professional in an amateur era. Yeah, they just happened to be, like, in, like I get that they were incredibly skilled in an era of just like a dudes who kicked around a football, you know, in the same way that a big strong forward in like a, a guy who grew into his body puberty wise in like an under 14s kind of sense. That's what that strikes me as. Yeah. And look, I get that, but um, when you're working like, 40 hours a week and you train for what three hours a week tuesday thursday yeah it's still a fantastic effort to be that much better than who you're playing against and i i get that what you're saying is their opposition wasn't anywhere near as good as they would be 
now or even 20 or 30 years ago. But yeah. I think I think you've got to take like both sides of that argument in that, yes, the opposition might not have been as good, but there's no right for them to be as good as well. So it's, it's all relative to who you play against. Yeah, no, that's fair. Also, Hutto just called for Air Johnson. <laughs> Great call. Um, also, do you know what the career-ending injury was that derailed John Coleman at 25? 23, 24? Was it the war? Was it syphilis? Was it scurvy? He did his ACL. Did he die from the, his ACL? No, but in 19... 19- 20 or 30 or whenever you play, doing your ACL meant never play again, definitely. And for most of your life, probably never Absolute. walk properly. He kicked 537 goals in 98 games. That is absolutely bananas. It's crazy, isn't it? And it's not like you take a selection of 98 games where somebody's that dominant. That includes your first game. Like when you, from when you start. He's a regular Matthew Rowell. There's a reason that the Coleman Medal is named the Coleman Medal. Yeah, he was, and you. Most of them are dead now, unfortunately. But you listen to people talk about the best players they've seen that saw Coleman play, and everybody after that. So you, Skiltons and Barassis and Williams and Ablett and Dunstall and all that, and they still say Coleman was just the most freakish. Yeah incredible player the only player i've ever seen just the entire crowd goes end to end to watch him yeah yeah no see that's interesting because like i i and this is just like a history of football thing as we see a third man up god i miss the third man up so do i um like the amount of premierships that teams won before like a certain amount of teams are in the league like like, especially Carlton, right? Carlton, uh, Collingwood, Essendon. Essendon. Essendon, yeah, kind of, sort of. But I feel like Essendon are on the periphery. They were actually really good throughout 80s, 90s, even yeah. early 1000s. Yeah. Carlton were good in the 70s and 80s. Um, Carlton really good in the 90s, too. They just got pipped a few times. Yeah, that's um, but I feel like for me, the a like the football league starts at I don't know, like maybe the seventies. Because before that, like I still think you just like you just it's not a prof. Is it a fully professional league at the seventies? No, but it wasn't fully professional until the late nineties, I think. Yeah, no, I just I hate that you know, and I think. No. This is just purely from a Hawthorne bias, obviously. But the you think of some of the premierships that accounted for Collingwood for Essendon, like 1897, there yeah, were four look, teams in the league. Yeah, look, I definitely agree. And I see that point, um, even though my bias is towards including everything because we're still the most successful team ever if we're including... The George Stuckey led 1897 Essendon Bombers. Who? Yeah, he was the captain of Essendon in 1897. So I'm not surprised you haven't heard of him. <laughs> I'm surprised his name doesn't start with two initials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. GW uh, no, Stuckey. GW, GW Stuckey, yeah. No, 
I am um, in my childhood bedroom for years had a poster of all Essendon Premiership captains and the years they captained the Premierships. Did they uh, have cameras back in the 1800s? <laughs> uh, I believe the stucky one is a painting. <laughs> I, I, I think the first black and white photograph of one of them is about 1920. Yeah, because Hawthorne, like Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs and North came in 25. Oh, Footscray. Um, so what was it? It was Fitzroy, Collingwood, Melbourne and Essendon in like the original four, I believe. Was it only four in 1897? I, I reckon. No, I reckon it was more than... So the, the, before 1897, there was the BFA, which might have been four, but I reckon 1897 was the establishment of the VFL, which I think there was about 10 sides, wasn't there? Right. Maybe not 10, but about... VFL season. I think by 1897, it was Essendon, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, St eight. Kilda, eight. Yeah, so we've got Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Fitzroy, Geelong, Melbourne, South Melbourne, and St Kilda. Oh, there were only four in the finals. That's why I thought that. That's um, probably fair enough. You couldn't have a final series bait. Tell that to the MLS who invite everyone. <laughs> uh, we're in red time here. Also, a young Andy Marr is just glorious to see as the boundary rider. Oh, I thought you meant in 1897. No, he was already a middle-aged Andy Marr by then. <laughs> Andy Ma has had a receding hairline and a bald patch at the back of his head since I can remember. Uh, yeah. It's like some people who... It's like Jason Statham. Who I'm just like, he's been bald his entire life. Um, I hate to break it to you. Not only has Jason Statham not been bald his entire life, Jason Statham is an Olympic diver. Really? Google Jason Statham diving. 1996, I think he went to the Olympics. What was that? Atlanta? Yeah, I believe it was in America. Jason Statham diving. 1990. Uh, Commonwealth Games in Auckland. Whoa! (laughs) Let me commentate this in Jason Statham voice. All right, guys. We've got the three-meter springboard. He jumps. Triple. Oh, what the fuck? He's actually really good. Yeah, I know. It's so trippy, hey? That's Hot a weird. hair. And he's athletic. And... and Richie Vandenberg slots one home. Huge. You'd think Hawthorne are a bit far off here. No, I reckon they're a chance. Which is good because I put my life savings on about an hour ago. What can we bet on tonight? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> this is a better segment because I didn't bother to do a multi. Oh, the Socceroos are playing tonight. Oh, in Doha. No, we're playing in Vietnam, oh. I think. Well, we were in Doha. We playing? Oh, I've just accidentally backed Iraq at $5.50. <laughs> I need a run from it. Uh, oh, Japan at $1.30. I'll take that. 
All right, Japan at a dollar thirty, over two and a half goals. That gets me two dollars. Yeah, I'll review that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're in red time. Changa, Campbell Brown goes. Squid. <laughs> What's the opposite of bang? Yeah, well, I said squid, but I don't think squid is the opposite of bang. It's sort of, it's probably more a sound effect than a, a word. <laughs> it's like, I can't do it by mouth, but it's the sound effect of like air being let out of the balloon. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, hold on, I have something for this. <laughs> Very apt as Lance Piccioni lines up for goal. Oh, he's passed it to Changa. Oh, Changa, what a grab. Made it look much, much harder than it actually was completely uncontested with nobody within 20 metres. Well, he's lining up here to bring them within 80 points. If he kicks this, they're still in it. You know, the Lee Matthews theory. If, if there's less goals than seconds left, you're a chance. <laughs> Not that we know how many seconds are left because we are on channel 10. All right, it is go time. It is game time. We're on. We expect it. Jeez, who is that sad sack in the Hawthorne scarf in the race? Was that your president? Wasn't Jeff president? Or was no, not, not president yet. Um, who was that president in 2004? Uh, president, you're not just searching president 2004, are you? Because it'll say George Bush. No, uh, it's Ian Dicker. I remember, oh, yes, Dicker. of course, Mr. Dicker. Yeah, no, he was better than Jeff. I mean, he hadn't, hadn't yet ballsed the place up, no, or made a cock of himself. Hawthorne just lined up with three players on the left wing. Yeah, well, no 6-6-6. You can go the unconventional 5-9-4. Yeah. Uh, and there's the siren. Oh, what a win. Huge. Bad for your sports bet account, but huge. Six-year-old Ash from the, the top stand is just absolutely up and about. Oh, now I'm being redirected to AFL 2015 Hawthorne vs. Essendon. I'm watching the top 10 finals since 2012. Number 10, Sydney JWS this year. I'm listening to Dennis Cometti right now. I can't watch this video because I know that North Melbourne and Essendon will come up and Drew Petrie will give me Frank the Tank and I will cry. That's fair enough. All right, I'm going to get another drink. <laughs> 